When we look to the heavens, we see the amazing beauty of spiral galaxies and the shimmering clouds of light and all of those stars being born and dying. The Hubble Space Telescope has let us see so many amazing things. And just recently, scientists discovered that there are far more galaxies in the universe than ever imagined. We know about 200 billion galaxies, but now there are 2 trillion, and 90% of them we haven't even seen. As more and more mysteries of the universe are revealed, so much more is there to be known. And one day we may be able to travel through black holes and see these galaxies. The mysteries of heaven, of the heavens and the sky and the stars, we may one day be able to solve. But the mysteries of heaven, as we speak about it in scripture, will always remain mysteries, for they are not meant to be solved, but held in awe. They remain beyond comprehension, and instead of telescopes, these mysteries require our imagination, our poetry, our art, our wonder, and our faith. So as we celebrate All Saints Sunday, we remember the saints who have gone before us, and we consider that great mystery of God's love, the mystery of death, the mysteries of eternal life. What happens to us when we die? Is heaven real? What is it like? How will we be reunited with those we love? What does our faith say? 499 years ago tomorrow, a man named Martin Luther nailed to the church door in Wittenberg his 95 theses and marked the beginning of the Protestant Reformation. As a monk, Luther studied scripture, and he was good at studying. But the more he studied, the more fearful he became of God. For Luther, God meant certain punishment and damnation because Luther knew he was sinful. And surely a righteous God would punish sin. And he tried harder and harder to rid himself of sin. He fasted until he starved. He prayed without sleeping. And the more and more he tried to rid himself of sin, the more sin he discovered and the more fearful he became of God's punishment. And he describes this part of his life as pure torture. And then it came to him. He came to see that we can never rid ourselves of sin. And it is only by the grace of God that we are saved and that we enter eternal life. 
our hope for the future here on earth now and in the age to come depends not on what we do but on what God has done for us. And when Luther had this epiphany, he said, I felt as if I were entirely born again and had entered paradise itself through the gates that had been flung open. Eternal life is ours because God loves us. And the great challenge of faith is to accept that God accepts us. To Paul Tillich, a great theologian of the 20th century, to accept that God accepts us and loves us as we are, warts and all. And God loves us into loving others. And we need to preach this so loudly and clearly a pastor recently asked his youth group what they thought that God thought about them. And overwhelmingly, these young students believed that God was disappointed in them, that they weren't good enough for God. Over and over, again and again, we must hear that God loves us, that God is love, and we are embraced by grace and mercy. In the grace of God, eternal life becomes not a reward for good behavior, but a gift. We often think of saints as those who have had the very best behavior. In scripture we read today, that saints are the people who follow Jesus. They are not saints because they are exceptionally good or faithful or capable of performing miracles. Neither are they only persons of faith who have died. From the earliest times of the church, saints are those who follow Jesus. Christians are saints. This letter that we read, written to the people of the early church from Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints who are at Ephesus or at Chevy Chase, Paul gives thanks to God for this church and for the love that we show to all the saints and all people, especially the poor and homeless. He goes on to pray that we may know that we have been given God's power to make the world whole, the power of eternal life, a wholeness that is now and in the future and is beyond time and space, the power of eternal life. The letter speaks of eternal life as power to make life new, power of resurrection, power of endless possibility, creativity, eternal life. There is a hymn quality to our scripture, the quality of poetry and song. 
God gives power of the cosmic Christ who fills all in all. We are united with Christ. We are united with God. We are united with one another. This is the communion of saints. We are part of the great company of saints in God's power of life eternal. On the cover of your bulletin is an image that could illustrate this passage. It is the All Saints icon that dates back to the 7th century. Christ, who God raised from the dead, is in the heavenly places, but not geographically, but far above in rule, in authority, and power, and dominion over all the powers of the earth. And Jesus is seated on the rainbow, the sign of God's everlasting covenant with all creation. And we see the earth there under Christ's feet. He is surrounded by saints, the faithful of every age, and some, back from the seventh century, would be able to recognize the people in this icon. But as you look at it now, See the faces of those that you remember, that we remember today. And see your own face reflected back at you. And see all of the glory. All that gray is gold. A shimmering, shiny, radiant, glory, light, all surrounding, all gathered together in the power represented by all that gold that fills all in all. In the love of God, we live and move and have our being. We die, and we are still part of God's amazing love in whom all creation for all time, beyond time and space, lives and has our being in God. So what happens to us when we die? Scripture gives us poetry and song. Our tradition gives us art that we may contemplate the mystery of God's love. When asked about heaven, Luther is known to have said, we can know as little about life after death as a baby traveling down the birth canal can know about the world the baby is about to enter. The afterlife, he says, is God's business, and so I don't have to worry about it. Our own Presbyterian statement of faith begins with the words, in life, and in death, we belong to God. And it ends saying, with believers in every time and place, 
we rejoice that nothing in life or death can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so the mystery of eternal life remains a mystery of God's love, not meant to be solved, but to be held in wonder and awe. More beautiful than distant galaxies, more magnificent than icons covered in gold. Eternal life is a mystery that requires of us imagination, poetry, art, wonder, and faith. Amen.